Welcome to Stretching the Truth. I am your host, CeCe, alongside my co-host, Stretch and Tolby. You can follow us on Twitter at Stretch underscore Truth. You can tweet at the show anytime. We will be starting a new segment called Twitter Topic, where you guys can tweet in during the day, and we will choose a topic the next day to, to just do a quick five-minute segment over. And so if you t- tweet into the show, we might choose your topic. Uh, just starting the show real quick, Aaron Judge won the home run derby last night by 11 to 10 in the finals, but that by far wasn't the best round. In the first round, he hit 23 home runs, and just real quick over that headline, Stretch, what was your, your thinking of the derby last night? It was, I mean, I thought it was a great show. I just wish, I mean, he had 11 home runs with like two minutes to go. I mean, put on a show, man. Start, you know, just cranking them out. I wish that's what I would have liked to see. I would have liked to see Stanton not get eliminated in round one. Right, right. Um, but do you, do you think they should maybe go to a format where, like, in the three point shootouts, they have everybody goes and then the four highest advance to the next round, and then maybe from there, you can go to 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 your matchups. Yeah, I, I would prefer to see that versus, you know, one guy getting lucky and just cranking out seven right, bombs. The guy who faced Judge, uh, I can't think of his name right now, but he had 22 in the first round. And a couple, uh, the one guy that ended up going to the finals, I think he had 11 in the first round. And it's right. like, you're going to let him go on to the second round with 11 and this other guy blasted 22 of them eating donuts. And, and stuff like that, you know, it's like, exactly. that ain't right to me. Um, Toby, what was some of your thoughts? Yeah, um, yeah, just because you get, you don't get enough, like, only getting 11 home runs against another opponent, you're barely advancing, and it, it was just the other person that didn't get enough, and the other bracket got more home runs and it's just not putting the higher amount of home run people up further in the bracket. Right, I think if you if you just change the format a little bit, I mean you don't have to do major changes. I think in the second round you could go back to your matchups because that was one thing that was was really interesting with Judge going at it like it was like he had to get 22 and I don't know about you guys but I was like I don't know if he's going to be able to get this you know and and seeing him getting closer and closer and then he hits a bomb to to get extra time and and then it's like you know the clock was winding down because they didn't count the one that went into the rafters and you know I think he hit his last home run with like five seconds to go and if you do that format where the four highest would advance in that first round, we would have never gotten to see that. And even with Stanton getting eliminated in the first round, he was still close. I think he had 16 and he lost by one. Uh, the Gary Sanchez had 17. If if you don't have that, then you can also say, well, you don't get that because it was like he was really struggling and then he went on a hot streak and I kind of thought he was going to come back and beat him, but he ended up on his last two, he just popped him up a little bit too high and didn't get a full swing on the ball. Oh, is that something that you might want to take a look at or take into to consideration? I definitely would. I think they need to change it to, you know, the top four advance or or do total total. I mean, 
I said yesterday about doing the total amount of feet hit or, you know, just making sure that every home run you hit counts. And I think that would be the best way to do yeah, it. Yeah, going, going to the feet hit, I mean, they you're not allowed to start your next one until the other one lands. So, I mean, you saw Judge blasting him 480 feet, you know, those moon shots where they just go up to the rafters. That counts against him because, I mean, he's losing valuable time off the clock while that ball's in the air. Exactly. Should they change that to where it's just, you know, just go, 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 and if you do go fast, you know, then you can kind of strategize a little better. Do you want to go as fast as you can? You're going to wear out faster, you know, but I don't know. I, I really wasn't impressed with that because there was a lot of times where Stanton, I think he could have came back had he not been waiting on his ball to come down and land in the stands. Yeah, no, I, def- I definitely agree with that. And one thing that I was that stood out to me, too, was how many bad pitches that some of the guys got. It was like, there's sometimes two and three pitches in between swings, you know, and it's like, you know. Right, I don't get why they don't use their, their pitcher that's on their team or something. Cause I think they use their pitching or their batting practice yeah. coach. Well, I know Cody year. Bellinger, he used his dad, and he was there's a few of his that were a little off, and then he told him to put it a little bit over the inside the plate a little bit more, and then he started hitting them out. But I'm not sure if they're not allowed to use an actual pitch, pitcher or what. But, yeah, that was one thing I noticed. They were passing on two or some. I think one time he passed on like three in a row before he finally hit another one. Yeah. I think they're allowed to choose whichever, whoever they want their pitcher to be, which is totally cool. But it was just shocking to me of some of the, some of the people that they had because of the amount of, you know, not good pitches that they got. Right, I mean, we can sit here and criticize all day, but at the end of the day, it was a, a very impressive show. I mean, Judge delivered exactly what he was hyped up to be. I mean, he hit four shots over 500. He was the only one to, to hit over 500. Uh, he had four of them. I think his longest one was 513 feet. Stanton was blasting him out there. The distance, to me, was by far the most impressive thing to me. That's what stood out to me the most uh, Toby, what stood out to you? Yeah, um, I I would personally like to see more home runs. Like, if you go faster, then the fans get more of a show by getting more home runs, and they like trying to catch the ball or whatever. Um, yeah, he was really cranking the ball out of there. Like, you wouldn't see that in a game, most likely. Um, right. But the speed was also of the pitches was different, so they have to adjust to that. All right, and let's change gears here a little bit to the McGregor-Mayweather fight being set now. Officially, the fight will cost ninety nine ninety five. Are any of you guys buying that fight? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you realize that it's not going to be much of a fight at all. Are you buying it just for the, the what if, or do you actually believe that it could be an interesting fight? I mean, it could be interesting because these are like one of the top, the top uh, fighters in the world. I mean, yeah, it can get really interesting. Right. I think the, the notion that people are saying that McGregor's never even going to land a punch. Right. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's dude, he's going to hit. He's going to land a couple. I mean. 
when you step into the ring, I mean, you're going to land a few. I mean, it's not like he's been boxing nearly as long as what Floyd has, but he's still, he's been practicing and he's been putting in the work. And most likely he's getting better and better every single day. So, I mean, by the time the fight rolls around, he, sh- he should be good enough to land a couple. Now, I don't, I don't give him any chance to win. I mean, if he does, it's because he's going to land that one shot. I mean, you can say that, well, Mayweather's always struggled with southpaws and McGregor's a southpaw, but to me, that's just, you know, like, praying to God, please, please let McGregor land one that makes Mayweather go down, which we all want to see. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. I think from a, from a strategy standpoint, like, McGregor or uh, Mayweather's always been a very patient fighter. He, he waits... You know, in a in a similar way to, that Muhammad Ali did, is just wait till your opponent gets tired and then you knock him out. And Mayweather is very similar to that. And you know, with with McGregor, he comes out, he's just swinging for home runs all day long. Right, and that's the thing that worries me. If you saw him with the Diaz fight, when it went five rounds, he was tired. I mean, you could tell by the end of that fight, he was exhausted. Is he going to yeah. be able to go twelve rounds? No, I don't think so. But the difference being, Nate Diaz is like, from the ghetto, dude can take a straight up beating and keep walking. Right. Whereas Mayweather, I mean, dude's getting up there in age. You know, that's the one thing that's on McGregor's side is is Mayweather's age. Is he still what, what we've known him to be? I mean, he was, he was anything but impressive against Pacquiao, which Pacquiao wasn't. He had, his, he had his shoulder as well to worry about. Right, which, I mean, Pacquiao wasn't that impressive either. I'm just saying that Mayweather's not not what he has been in previous, you know, what we've seen throughout his career. So to say that McGregor d- doesn't have a chance in the world, I disagree with that. McGregor has shown that he can straight knock some dudes out and land some serious combinations. The thing with McGregor is he's always had a really strong chin and just never gets knocked out and the fact that McGregor couldn't knock out Diaz uh, has me a little bit worried but all right but just the the foot speed with with Mayweather is just in my eyes is just so much quicker I mean I don't even know if he's going to be able to catch Floyd let, let alone hit him w- with his hands you know and those boxing gloves are heavier than what he's accustomed to which you know then you can say well he's just going to be able to hit harder even you know but I don't know. We're just guessing here. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm buying the fight, but I'm buying the fight to to hang out with friends and just to watch and just to. I'm gonna I'm gonna cheer my heart out for McGregor to land that one shot that makes Mayweather go down and shock the world, just so I can tell everybody that was like, I'm not buying it. It's not gonna be a good fight, and then I can just tell him, you know, in your face, you just missed the one of the greatest upsets of all time, and. And I watched it, and you didn't. And now you can. All you can do is watch the highlights. I don't. I mean, I just like I just always come back to you can can never just count somebody out, especially somebody like McGregor who has that chip on his shoulder. You know, I mean, people people said that's, the same thing about Holly Holm. And, yeah, that's the thing. He's called his shots before, and now he's calling his shot again. And so far, he's fulfilled on all of his callouts. And. To me, this is a different level of a call-out, but still, he's delivered in the past. It Would it stun me? Not, not, not largely, no, but, I mean, yeah, I would, be, I would be surprised, but not to where it's, like, jaw-dropping, like, oh, my gosh, this is the biggest upset in the world, you know. 
But I yeah. Just, I just, I mean, you never know. I mean, you, you can never tell what's going to happen until the lights come on. And like I said, people, people thought Holly Holm was going to get knocked out. You know, the question was, is she going to last one minute? Not whether or not she's going to win the fight. And we yeah. saw, I mean, Holly Holm landed that one punch. But Ronda Rousey in the days, and you know, if McGregor can land one and get get McGregor on the ropes, get him scared, get him thinking about it, get in his head a little bit. I mean, we could see the fight turn. You just never know. Right. I mean, history in itself speaks for itself of uh, the underdog winning. And I mean, honestly, if McGregor takes care of business, he's going to pick apart McGregor. But you just to sit here and say that he doesn't stand a chance, I, I don't. I can't do that. Right. I mean, you heard the saying, there's a puncher's chance, and that's where it comes from, because all it takes is one hit. That's all it takes. And to me, that hit has to come early in the rounds. You know, it's got to be in round two or three. It can't happen later in the round, because if if it comes down to a point factor, Mayweather's going to win. If McGregor wants to win this, it's going to be by knockout. And so, uh, to me, he has to get a few nice, clean shots in early in the round, to get Mayweather, you know, in that daze to where he's not quite as effective and it's in his head a little bit that he's getting hit and that he starts getting worried. So to me, he has to come out strong in the, in the early rounds and show Mayweather that I, I can land a few shots on you and my left hand is something to be reckoned with. But we have to keep moving here. Um, this, this next headline I have, just Lonzo Ball sat out last night versus the Kings. Was that him avoiding Darren Fox, or is his groin really sore? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what happened in, uh, in the NCAA tournament with Kentucky and UCLA, I don't know if he was scared of that or if his groin actually did hurt, but I don't know if it was an excuse or not. But there might have been some scare there with playing against Darren Fox again. My, my question is, if, if it was the playoffs or a regular season game, would he have played? And I would say probably the answer would be yes. So, I mean, you know, did management come and tell him, look, you can't play, or, or was this the decision of his own? Personally, I think he didn't want to come out and, and look like a tool on national television again, but you know that's that's just my opinion. It, you can never tell by the severity of somebody's uh, injury without you know. Right. I mean, I understand that to an extent, but it's the summer league. I mean, if if you're at, at all any bit hurt, you're just gonna you're you're gonna sit out. I mean, I don't know. People always want to say how Darren Fox gave him the business, but. I think we all forget that earlier in that year, in December, UCLA beat Kentucky. And, yeah, Darren Fox might have won that matchup. But still, Lonzo Ball is the leader of his team, and they won that game. It's just we're prisoners of the moment. And the last time we saw them play, Darren Fox gave him the business. And so I think we're kind of stuck in that. And, oh, we don't want to see Lonzo get his feelings hurt again because he struggled in his first game. But... You gotta also remember he got a triple double his next game and played 34 minutes. So I mean, it's not like they were taking it easy on him already. You know, maybe they were worried about they overdid him in the previous game, and so they decided, you know, hey, we're gonna take it a little bit easier on this one and and let him rest out for this one. Well, that's that's the thing that 
to me stood out is like, yeah, he did get a triple double, but he played 34 minutes. I mean, I don't know. I I think I think Lonzo Ball is going to be a good player in the NBA, but I definitely don't think he's better than LeBron James, better than Magic Johnson, better no, than Michael Jordan. I mean, I'm not hearing LeBron Ball saying all that. I mean, get that noise out of here. I mean, we don't want to hear that. I mean, yeah, there's. LeVar Ball is he, he's just doing this to, to bring attention to his brand and to sell his brand. That's all this is. He, he knows. He knows there's no way Lonzo Ball is already better than Steph Curry. I mean, you can ask somebody that knows very little about basketball and they can tell you that. I mean, common sense tells you that. We're not out here trying to say Lonzo's better than this guy or better than that guy. He's a rookie. You know, I don't, I don't even think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. And I don't think his dad believes that. Honestly, I don't. Because, I mean, you watch Darren Fox in the Summer League and, and even Jason Tatum, both of those guys look like they could win Rookie of the Year so far. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Lonzo Ball is definitely a good basketball player. But it just I think, I think it's in his head a little bit. And I think he's nervous about looking bad. Um, because of all the is that is that, that coming from, from all the pressure that's coming from LeVar? Definitely. I mean, I at least in my opinion, I mean, he he's LeVar on his own is making Lonzo public enemy number one. I mean, there, it's it's going to be that aspect of he's going to get everybody's best shot night in, night out because it's Lonzo. People want to beat up on him. People want right, to see, see what he's made of. But, uh... Well, Embiid was saying on Instagram. Exactly. People get tired of hearing it. People don't want the same thing happened with the media and with LeBron James when he came to the league. The media painted him to be this, you know, this undeniable force that's just going to be the great next greatest thing. And the NBA was like, no, 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 no. We've been here for, we've been here for years. You're going to have to earn these stripes. And that's what we saw happen to LeBron. Is he, you know, he did struggle. Early in his career, wasn't able to get playoff victories. You know, he had a couple good years there in 08, 09, but he wasn't really able to turn the corner until he got to the Heat and, you know, halfway through his career. So. Right. I mean, he carried his team in 07 to the finals all by himself. I mean, they were never supposed to beat that Pistons team, but. No way is Lonzo ever on the, on the level of, of LeBron's talent. No. Right? You can have LeBron's talent, and you're not going to be as good as him. You have to have the LeBron body to go with it. You got to be six eight, six nine, and two seventy, and be able to steamroll like a freight train coming down the lane. Otherwise, I mean, you you can have that same talent and just not be as dominant as what he is. Just moving on here to the next segment, uh, a little segment we want to call fact or fiction, where I give you a statement and you determine whether it's a fact or whether you think it's fiction. Uh, start with you, Toby. The AL will win the All-Star game for the fifth straight time. Yeah, I mean, the AL has some serious talent this year. Um, the NL also has talent with Bryce Harper, but the pitching staff and pitchers for the AL are really, really good. And this will be their fifth straight year. It could be really interesting and could be a close game, but I think the AL will come out with a win. I don't, I think I think the NL will will come away with this one. I just and it depends on how many innings Scherzer pitches. But if if you give me the option to go with Chris Sale or or Scherzer, 
Yeah, I mean, sale is a fierce competitor. I would, I'm on a personal level, pissed that the Sox traded him away, but I just, I just think the way that Scherzer pitches, and being that it's the All Star game. Right, I only think he's gonna be set to to pitch a couple innings because I'm thinking he's got a game coming up where he's set to to be in the. Right. No, I know, and I, I'm just saying if he goes. Even four innings, I, I think the I think the NL can can get a lead and and I just it for them to go five straight, I just don't I don't right. see it happening. That that's the thing to me. I mean, it's it's almost you're almost guessing in these All Star games because I mean both sides are gonna have that much talent. And to me, the only reason I will go with the NL is just because I don't think the AL will win five straight. I mean, I'm surprised they've won four straight. So exactly, I'll, I'll that's, go with the that's what I'm saying. Aaron Judge will lead the league in home runs in the second half of the season. Yeah, I personally think he will. Um, he showed it really well in the uh, All-Star home run derby. Uh, and he's just, he's huge. Like, he can crank things out of there. And he's he'll probably get five more home runs than he did earlier in the season, like 35, 36. Um, yeah, I think he'll lead the league in the second half of the season. I don't, I don't think he will. I think the more time that pitchers, you know, are able to study him and see what he, what he can do, and they can game plan around him. I think, you know, I don't think he'll he'll be able to get there. I think he'll hit a rookie wall and and fall off a little bit. I mean, dude's an absolute beast, but. Especially when you look at the historical um, home run races, you know, typically they put up their, their biggest numbers at the beginning of the season. And, and there's also the thing where if they participate in the home run derby, does that affect their numbers leading on? You know, because he, he j- just got done hitting how many home runs, you know? But, I mean, I don't know. To me, I think he can. I don't, if he doesn't, I don't think it'll be because of the home run derby. Just because, I mean, you're doing that every day in batting practice. You know, that that's basically what that was for them, was batting practice. But I I don't think he'll get 30. Like, he has 30 right now. I don't think he'll get 30. But uh, Mark McGuire has 49 for the record. I think he'll get that. I think he'll end up with 52. You know, he'll hit another 22, 23 f- home runs or so, and he'll break the rookie record. And But, yeah, I don't... I don't know about uh, Cody Bellinger because since he's came up, he actually has more home runs than Aaron Judge. So, I mean, do you think Bellinger has a chance to lead in the second half? I think so. I mean, it just it just depends. And, and a lot of this is just speculation. But it just, you know, the, the longer you play, the more teams can scout you, the more they can pick on your weaknesses. The thing about Aaron Judge is, I mean, he's, his batting average is what? It's, Three point three, three thirty right now. So it's he's not just hitting he's, home runs. His batting average is three twenty nine right now with sixty six RBI. So he's he's not just he's not just hitting home runs. He's connecting with the ball. That that's so, the thing that worries me with Bellinger is he's only hitting two sixty one. So he's not hitting nearly as many of them as judges. And Bellinger has fifty eight RBI, whereas Judge has sixty six. But I just, I, I, I mean, it's just, there's so many times in history, history is, you know, a lot, I mean, a lot of times you, you just, you, you can't, you can't compete with it. So, you know, 
if no one else has ever done it, it's pretty likely that no one else ever will. So, you don't think he'll he'll reach fifty? I think he'll I think he'll reach fifty. I'm I'm saying I don't think he'll hit thirty before the All Star break and then thirty again after the All Star break as a rookie. All right, moving on to the next one. Russell Westbrook will resign with the Thunder before the season starts. Yeah, um, I think it will. Um, there's a super max, so he might go for that. But um, he's got Paul George on the team now, and with Paul George, um, he's saying that if they have a really good season, he'll probably stay with OKC. Um, and with them two on the team together, they could bring OKC even further in the playoffs and maybe to the finals. No way. There's no <laughs> way he's signed that contract. He got burned by Durant. He ain't getting burned by, by Paul George. I just, I mean, he's too much of a competitor. He's too much of a beast. He, he's not going to take that chance to be on such a crappy team again like he was this past year. He's going to stick around, see what Paul George does. If Paul George stays, I think he'll stay. If Paul George decides to go to the Lakers, I think Westbrook right, will that, go to the Lakers. Right, and that's the thing that worries me is they've already got him, Paul George, and he still hasn't resigned. I mean, you look at what James Harden, they brought in Chris Paul, and James Harden signed that max deal saying, okay, you guys are... You guys do have my best interest in mind. You're trying to get me help around here. I'll resign. They did the same thing in Oklahoma City, and they brought in even a, a better player in Paul George, and he still hasn't resigned. So to me, he's thinking, Paul George is leaving anyway. He's told everybody in the world that he's going to the Lakers next year. So Westbrook is thinking, why am I going to sign a five-year deal? And then next thing I know, I'm right back in the same shoes with where I have to do everything because nobody on this team can do a thing except me. Plus, they just lost Oladipo and Sabonis, who was projected to be a really good player. No, I mean, I think the thing that, that Westbrook is going to ask himself, do I want to be known as the, uh, in the same breath as, you know, a Scottie Pippen or, you know, another really good player that has multiple championships or does he want to be known as Jerry West or you know even you know maybe you could bring up um, the guy for the the Kings what's that guy's name who lost like six finals he reports for for ABC on the the sideline I forget what his name is but yeah I think he lost like six finals never won Chris Webber yeah Chris Webber didn't he lose like I don't know how many finals he lost. I'm not he, sure, but yeah, he's. I know he played for Michigan and and called the timeout that they didn't have and blew that game. But <laughs> I'm just, you know, he has to he has to decide. Does he want to want to be one of the best st- statistical players to ever play the game, or does he want to have the hardware to go with it? And I think, you know, as the type of competitor that Russell Westbrook is, he's he's not going to want to. That, that's not who he is. He wants to win championships. He wants to win at the highest level, and that's not going to happen in OKC now that Durant is gone. I mean, I think they can seriously compete with Paul George because, I mean, look, Paul George gave Cleveland everything they could handle all by himself, and Westbrook gave the league all they could handle all by himself. You put those two together, comboed with what you got inside with Canner and, and Adams. Adams, it just... I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see. But I think, 
I'll give them, you know, same as McGregor. I'll give them a puncher's chance. All right, moving on to the next one. Carmelo Anthony will remain with the Knicks. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. He, the Knicks aren't doing anything right now, and they just picked up all the all-stars that they got and all these good players, and they had a terrible season, and I don't really see him staying with the Knicks. He'll probably go to the Rockets or somebody else to join up with to get to the playoffs. Well, now that they signed Tim Hardaway Jr., I think he'll definitely stay. I mean, who wouldn't want to be, be there with Timmy for, you know, an extended period of time? No, I think I think he'll finish out the season. I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see. Maybe Toronto or or Boston or somebody, you know, makes a move to, to get him moved. But, I mean, he – first of all, he's got that no-trade clause. So, I, I mean, he's going to stay there. He's going to get his money. I think – Personally, I mean, that's where he's from. That's where his, you know, his wife has is a very successful businesswoman. That's where her business is. He's got a lot of interests in New York, and that's where he wants to be. So I don't think anything's going to change that until next year when he becomes a free agent. He can opt out and, you know, go right around on the banana boat. <laughs> Everybody on the LA train. Here we go. No, I th- I think he'll actually get traded before the season starts, or maybe even before the the trade deadline. I just think there's too much, you know, pressure on this for this to happen, and I, I think it's just it's building up and it's building up. And I think the Knicks are trying to get all they can, and I think eventually they're going to realize, you know, hey, we're going to lose him either way, so why not just try and get. Anything we can, kind of like the Pacers for Paul George. They ended up, you know, taking way less than what he's worth, but they realized we're not going to get anything else. So I, I think at the end of the day, they're trying to get as much as they can, and eventually they'll give in, and he'll he'll uh, start the season in Houston. I don't, I just I don't see Mills even. I mean, I think Mills once once the public's you know, approval on everything to show that he can can be the GM and he's not going to, you know, tee off the fans, you know, before the season even starts. I think I think he'll stay. All right, moving on to our next segment called Would You Rather, where I give you two options and you have to pick one or the other. And some of these are pretty easy, but we'll just see what we can do. Would you rather have... Paul George and Russell Westbrook, or Chris Paul and James Harden? Yeah, I'd, I'd take uh, Westbrook and, and George on that one for the reasons that I stated earlier. I mean, you got you got basically two point guards on the same team. Both have shown that they they collapse in the biggest stages. And, you know, you got Paul George and Russell Westbrook who have shown, shown their competitive side and... Can have shown that they can get it done and go deep into the playoffs. I mean, I know, I know uh, the Pacers were eliminated last year, and the Pacers were never able to get over the the, the Miami hump uh, back, you know, a couple of years ago. But at least they got to the conference finals. At least they gave uh, a they Cleveland took, yeah, run. They took they them to took Game a, Seven. LeBron to Game Seven. So I mean, yeah, I could I could bash on Chris. Uh, Chris Paul and James Harden some more, but just for the sake of argument, I'll just stop. Yeah, I would take uh, Paul George and Russell Westbrook too. Um, with Paul, jo- uh, 
with Harden and Paul, um, with them both being point guards, um, they might not mesh together as much, and they might have difficulty being a team. Um, with Paul George and Russell Westbrook, you know that Russell Westbrook can drive the lane, and he get he finds people, and with Paul George's jump shot, it's hard to beat that. All right, if I told you that you're getting the team as well, would you rather take the Houston Rockets or the Oklahoma City? Who do you think has the better record? I think the Thunder will have a better record. Um, not like like maybe 58 wins this season, um, but, yeah, I think they'll outlast the Rockets record. Maybe three games more wins. Stretch. No. Would you Would you rather take the Oklahoma City Thunder or the Houston Rockets as a team? Oh, I'm gonna take the Thunder um, for the same reasons I, I gave you earlier. I think. I mean. I think honestly, Houston's gonna light it up from the on the arc. But it's it's that clutch factor. It's it's the what are you gonna do when the game's on the line? Where are you you know, I mean, just what what Harden has shown like. Dude can't play defense. Dude can't come up when when his team needs him the most. I mean, the same Chris Paul has shown that he can be a, a relatively good defender, defensive player. But it's, I just, I mean, Dan Tony hasn't shown anything as far as being a head coach. As you know, at least we know what Billy Donovan can do in college. You know, winning back-to-back national championships. I just, I think, I think the Thunder are going to be a legitimate threat. And I mean, the Houston will be the Houston will you, be the Indianapolis Colts the, of the, the Peyton Manning days. The do you think the, the Thunder season. will be able to take down San Antonio? I mean, that's going to be an interesting matchup. Is I mean, I I think so. I think they can take away Aldridge. You know, Leonard's going to get his, but you know, and it depends on if San Antonio is going to transition into the Patty Mills, or they're still going to go with Tony Parker and and. You know, now that Ginobili's done, I just I don't I think I think they'll be able to get around San Antonio, but I, I don't know if they can get over the the Golden State hump. But no, I, I definitely don't think they'll get past Golden State. To me, it'll be Golden State one, and it'll be the Thunder will be the two seed, and then the Spurs and the Rockets. All right, moving on, Aaron Judge or Cody Bellinger? I'm gonna take Aaron Judge. I mean, just look at the dude. And then second of all, I mean, you look at the home run ratio and his batting average, I mean, sluggers typically don't have as high of an average because they're trying to hit bombs every time up. I think Judge is just trying to hit the ball and, you know, just so happens that the dude is, you know, an average. Right, he saw it last night a couple of times. He, it was like, oh, he missed a little bit, and you know, he'd still go ten feet past the home run, and you're like, oh, okay, well, there's that. Yeah, there's six. So I think I think Judge is just more just trying to get on base and not necessarily lucks out and hits the home run, but dude just has more power, and I think Bellinger is a more true blue, just flat slugger. He's going to try to knock it out of the park every time he gets on up to the plate. Yeah, I take Aaron Judge too. He's got. When he hits the ball, it connects really well, and he just cranks it out. And as Stretch said, the home run ratio is just, yeah. Um, 
and the RBI is it's way different than Bellinger. Um, yeah, I just think he'll do better in the second half of the season, and he'll just he'll probably but win Rookie of the Year. Bellinger does have more home runs since he's came into the league than Aaron Judge. Does that at all change anything in your mind or no? No, I mean, I'm I'm looking at it from a defensive perspective as well. I mean, Judge is a solid player all the way around, whereas, I mean, yeah, Bellinger's not a slouch, but I just, I think Judge is a better prospect, and Judge has a better, has a brighter future, is all I'm saying. Judge is 25 years old, I believe, and Bellinger is 21, so there's also the age difference there you have to factor in. I don't know. To me, it's a little bit harder. I would have to think about it. If if I had to, I would probably go with Judge, but Bellinger being younger, you know, with he's got four years younger, does his batting average go up as he gets older? Because Judge actually came up, I forget when it was, but he had like a one a point one something batting average and they sent him right back down as, you know, fast and and you can blink just because he struggled so much. And this is Bellinger's first time up, and he's doing way better than Judge. So Bellinger could actually grow into a better player. But to me, I don't, I don't think he will. But I'm just saying he could. I just want to know why you don't throw Tim Tebow into that conversation. <laughs> All right, we have to keep moving on now. This is getting way too, way too complicated. Uh, would you rather see Carmelo Anthony be traded to Houston or to Cleveland? I'm going to go with Houston just because I want to see Cleveland actually be able to compete with Golden State, and adding Carmelo does not, in my mind, does not give you any added benefits over over. Yeah, I'd rather see him go to Houston, mainly because, I mean, look at the Cavaliers. They're, like, stacked. Like, they have some really good players, and Houston, adding another key player could maybe – help them compete with the Cleveland Cavaliers and maybe even give a little run for the money for the finals. If if Carmelo ends up in Houston, does that change your mind about the Houston and Thunder matchup? Um I don't I think if Carmelo would go to Houston they would probably be a little bit better than Thunder just because mainly Thunder have only two All-Stars, but they do have good down-low people like Adams and Cantor. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure about that yet. But. Um, I, I would probably lean more towards Houston if, if that were the case just because of Mel's you know, ability to, to, to hit beyond the arc and be a presence down low. Um, I think it would improve their odds and probably put them over the top. But um, I don't know. I just I, I could be dead wrong, but I, I think this Oklahoma City team is really going to compete with with Paul George and, and Westbrook. Do you see any possibility at all? Like, man, like, because I know when we were talking the Paul George trade, we never saw him going to the Thunder. Would we all be surprised again if Carmelo ends up? In Oklahoma City? I mean, not necessarily. The, the thing of it is, is 
I mean, Melo's still got to sign the no no trade clause. It has to work in his favor to go. Right, but I mean, why would he waive that when you have a legitimate shot to compete with Golden State? Right, but what does OKC have to offer the Knicks to even want to present that? All right, I guess, but I mean, at, I mean at the that's end why Melo's not going to Houston, at least not this year. He's he's there's nobody that has the the amount of firepower to go out and get him unless the Knicks just say, you know what, this is the best offer we're going to get. But even in that case, I think Mills would say, you know what, we'll ride this ship out. We'll get one more year of good attendance because we still do have Mello. We do have, you know, Porzingis. We can, you know, maybe now with with uh, Phil Jackson gone and not running the triangle offense, we can, you know, we can maybe compete and be – you know, a couple games over 500 and have a shot at winning the, making a spot in the playoffs. I think they'll they would definitely take that over. You know, getting next to nothing from for for Mello. And even if they do suck and they you know they tank like they did last year, now they get a you know a higher draft pick, and they still you know didn't do Carmelo dirty so to speak, and they they keep the favor um, in the eye of the public. All right, moving on to the next one. Would you rather win the the home run derby or the All Star MVP? I I'd honestly take the All Star MVP because I mean it showed that you could compete with all the All Stars in the All Star game and the best in the league. Um, plus, you get a really nice car at the end. But yeah, it's I think it would be a greater award. Well, that's what I was going to say, which one pays more, because that's the route I'm going. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, and it depends on who you're going up against, but I, I think I would rather be MVP of of the uh, the actual All-Star game. Reason being, um, you know, you have to be a better player to just make it versus, you know, the home run derby. Um, you don't necessarily have to be an All-Star to get, get nominated there. Plus... I don't know. After after the the home run derby, then you know you have the actual game, and then you're you're kind of forgot of. Right. I mean, if I'm in the home run derby going against Aaron Judge, I mean, I'd rather win that just to say that I beat Aaron yeah, Judge that's in the what home I'm run saying, derby. Yeah. But I mean, outside of that, yeah, you'd be crazy not to take the All Star MVP award. But yeah, if if you're going against you know all those other guys and. And Stanton's in it, not in it, and Judge isn't in it. Then no, there's no way I want to win the Derby. I want to, if I'm going to win the Derby, I want to win, go up against the best of the best. Otherwise, I want to win the All-Star MVP. All right, last one. Which one do you think has a brighter future as of right now, the Celtics or the 76ers? Um, I'd probably say the Celtics because they just got a key piece of. Uh, Gordon Hayward um, and the 76ers are right now they're really young and they need to build up their franchise a little bit but yeah I would really I would, I'm excited about the Celtics season with them adding Hayward I'd say the Celtics but if I would also say that if you take Brad Stevens and put him on the 76ers I'd take the Sixers but I mean, I would say the 76ers have a higher ceiling, but which one has the brighter future? I would go with the Celtics because 
the 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 Sixers have so many rookies and young players, first of all, and they are fighting a losing mentality. I mean, you just see it where Cleveland has always been a terrible team, and it doesn't. It seems no matter what they do, they can't get over that hump. I mean, I guess we have seen the Raiders. You know, they've been, you know, historically speaking, a terrible team since you know the early 2000s. Right. I mean, all you have to do is look at the Browns. I mean, they've been terrible for the past. Right. And I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, even you look at a team like Detroit. You know, they they were such a terrible team for so long. Couldn't win. Couldn't win. They finally, you know, they get their franchise quarterback. They got you know their their Hall of Fame wide receiver and Calvin Johnson. You know, they're they're gonna really turn it around. You know, they were still terrible for so many years, and they finally make the playoffs. Get knocked out in the first round, but you know we looked at them as, hey, they're finally over that hill. They're finally on top. They're finally going to turn it around, and then they, you know, they follow that up with a, what was it, a seven and nine season. It's just hard to change a losing mentality, and that's why, you know, I mean, if Ben Simmons can actually become the next LeBron and Embiid can stay healthy, yeah, they've got some serious talent, but they still have to fight that. You know, this is who we are mentality, and I don't. Without a good leader, without a good veteran force driving behind it, I don't. I don't see them. I don't see them being able to turn it around in order to be better than the Celtics anytime soon. Right. To me, I'll go with the Celtics as well, but only because they have the Nets' number one round one draft pick, which is most likely going to be. Number one, definitely top three next year. I mean, so they're either going to get another top pick or else they're going to use that to trade for another marquee player. And to me, that puts them over the top. If, if, if they don't have that pick, I would be tempted to go with the 76ers, especially if you told me that Embiid can stay healthy. Because to me, in my eyes, if Embiid can stay healthy, he's the top ten player in this league if he can stay healthy. But you, we've seen it so many times with people that are 7'2 and, and over, they just can't stay on the court. I mean, he, he just looks like the second coming of Bill Walton all over again. And Walton did win an MVP and he won a title with Boston, but he never reached his full potential just because he had so many issues with his with his feet. Right. I, I agree with you. I just I think, you know, one of the biggest key factors, though, is Brad Stevens and the, and the coach that he is. All right, well, thank you so much for listening. This has been Stretching the Truth. I'm your host, Cece, alongside Toby and Stretch. Don't forget to, to tweet into the show about what topic you want us to talk about tomorrow. Don't forget to subscribe, and have a wonderful rest of the day.